Well, I think we're coming to a peak, uh, a fork in the road almost, uh, in which what is uh, on offer is the completion of the transition in South Sudan, uh, culminating in the establishment of a stable and democratic South Sudan, or more conflict, uh, should the uh, wheels come off the transition or should they fail to make the critical uh, benchmarks set out in the peace agreement. What is required is really a change in mindset in regard to the mindset that is required to complete this transition. One which is cognizant of the importance of collaboration and compromise between the political parties in the interests of nation-building and progress on the peace agreement, or alternatively, uh, a different approach which sees almost every aspect of the transition as war by other means, uh, which doesn't privilege the nation-building dimension uh, of the engagement. Indeed, you told the council that 2023 is a make-it-or-break-it year for South Sudan. Why is this year so critical? Well, firstly, we need to appreciate that the transition is scheduled to effectively come to an end next year. But when you look at the tasks that have to be accomplished in order for the transition to be completed next year, most of those tasks fall due this year. So preparation for elections can't take place a month before the elections. It has to take place 18 months or two years beforehand, whether it's uh, the required uh, voter registration or constituency demarcation. And if they shelve those decisions to 2024, they're not going to be able to recover the ground which is necessary for them to accomplish uh, some really important objectives. And let me for a moment just summarize what those are. That's to prepare for an elections, largely from a zero base. That is to agree a constitution which requires uh, the construction of a new social contract which explicitly raises the or sets out the arrangements by which they can live together in peace and harmony, having had two civil wars in a decade. Uh, they've got to create a new national security apparatus uh, in the most difficult uh, of circumstances. They've got to deal with five uh, burning hotspot conflicts in different parts of the country in order to ensure that there isn't a legacy of bitterness and conflict at the time uh, in which they are supposed to be conducting elections as a nation-building exercise. 2023 is then critical. Your latest report on the situation in South Sudan outlines a range of priority actions. What would be the first key step? I would want to underscore that all the priorities I sketched out are mutually reinforcing. They're not necessarily sequential, and progress in one is strengthened by progress in another. But having said that, sequentially, they need to make progress on the constitution-making process because that underwrites the elections and creates the framework within which uh, political competition will take place. And I would want to believe that... Uh, it goes hand in hand with another priority which I've identified, which is expanding the political and civil space necessary for robust competitive politics, but also the construction of a constructive attitude towards creating 
a future for all South Sudanese. In other words, a recognition that they have a common destiny, uh, which uh, a recognition which should underwrite uh, those arrangements. So all of these issues come together. And we are told that one can't really prepare for elections until there's an understanding. It will be underwritten by security arrangements which are not within the control of just one party, which puts a premium on them dealing with the, this uh, priority which I mentioned just now, the construction of a national security apparatus that's impartial, that represents the nation and mirrors its uh, composition. More on elections. You and the UN in South Sudan have been asked to support the electoral process. How daunting and challenging is this going to be? Well, I think it is, it's quite a challenge. Uh, my electoral team tells me that we should regard it as building electoral institutions of a zero base, uh, that it has been a, a long time since there have been elections, and those elections weren't necessarily robust, competitive political elections as we anticipate uh, these uh, next elections will be. How do you avoid a situation of the UN being blamed in case something goes wrong? Well, I think it requires us to shepherd it with our eyes wide open as to uh, the processes and the uh, environment in which the uh, election is taking place, taking shape. Um, and I think we have to be prepared to evaluate and reevaluate where we are uh, along the process. If it turns out that the elections have all the hallmarks of a fake election, we need to call that uh, at the appropriate time. You spoke about civic spaces. A fair political process and fair elections require, indeed, an environment of safe civic media and political spaces. How can the UN mission provide effective assistance in this regard? One of the important elements of any strategy to expand political and civil space is to conduct an inclusive national dialogue, uh, a dialogue which would take place within and between uh, NGOs, the churches, political parties, uh, even the security apparatus if, if needs be. I think the difficulty we often face is that we know what's not expanding political and civic space. We're not always sure how to define what is that expansion. But we would know, for example, that protection of freedom of expression is critical. Freedom of assembly uh, and association are important hallmarks of political and civil space. And we would want, uh, as the UN, to draw attention to the barometers by which we can measure all of those. The detention of journalists or the expulsion of civil society activists would not be consonant with expanding political and civic space. What stumbling blocks do you see? Well, I think we um, need to confront a situation in which uh, the parties will be adamant about securing political advantages for themselves, either in regard to funding, either in regard to a monopolization of the media. Um, and I think uh, it's going to be important for the UN, but not the UN only. This task is much bigger uh, than the UN uh, or what the UN can deliver. The international community and civil society have to engage in establishing reasonable expectations of, of an environment which would permit uh, the elections.
and the dialogue necessary for a new constitution to be agreed. Last month's successful landmark international conference on women's transformational leadership held in the South Sudan capital of Juba had called for action in a number of areas, including their greater participation in peace building. What would you like to see as a follow-up to this major conference? Well, I think it will be important for the United Nations to message and to message in collaboration with other member states and other organizations on the importance of women's participation in the public life of the nation. Uh, I think it will be critical for us to engage women's groups themselves because I think uh, the participation of women doesn't simply relate to the numbers of women at the table. It also relates to the capacity for women to generate their own agendas. For the UN, we will certainly be putting a premium on ensuring that whether elections or in the construction of other public uh, bodies, a quota of at least 35%, which has already been agreed, is maintained uh, and upheld. And there's been a mixed record up till now. And finally, what is your message to the government and people of South Sudan at this important stage in their national development? Well, I think it's important to share with South Sudanese that it is still possible to accomplish the benchmarks in the peace agreement within the stipulated timelines. We would be wanting to communicate the need for a sense of urgency and that delays caused now will have a domino effect and cannot be recovered if the work is not done. We note particularly that that Parliament uh, broke for recess in December and hasn't reconvened yet. And this is not consonant with our understanding of the the current point in which South Sudan is at at the moment, which is closer to a national emergency. So we would want uh, all the political stakeholders to approach uh, the tasks ahead Uh, as if it were a national emergency, uh, and they are required to play their parts. I think generally we would want to share with the South Sudanese that the objective, at least one of the objectives of this transition is to establish a legitimate and credible state, uh, a state that uh, is recognized as standing on its own two feet, and elections will play an important part uh, in achieving that. But if the elections are not free, are not fair, are not credible, then they will make no contribution to the future legitimacy uh, of a government in South Sudan.